Thanks for joining us online today. We're really glad you're with us. Yeah, Core Church is a place of hope, healing, peace, and purpose. And we want you to come see us at 10 a.m. any Sunday. And if we can be of any support to you, we'd love to connect with you. There's lots of links in the description below, whether that's prayer or support in any way. We pray that this message is going to both encourage you and inspire you. If you're, if you're listening today and you're going, man, something sounds off. Something sounds, something sounds weird. What is that? Uh, we have been having some major, major sound issues and our team has been working relentlessly, and um, it, it has just been a major issue today. But what our prayer is, and, and our team just spread out and prayed this morning, is that that this that, that God can't be stopped by technology. You know what I'm saying? Like God can't be stopped by technology. He He has a a word for you. And the, the enemy, what's crazy is he'll do anything to keep you from hearing that word, and he'll even keep try to keep me from expressing that word, uh, and he will come at you in all kinds of different ways, whether that's through a sound system or through a member of the worship team that is wearing an evil atrocity unto the Lord on this stage today. I mean, this whole section here, we got a red guitar, and we got red, this is a, this is why our sound system is not working today. Um, no, I, in all seriousness, this is great that they're wearing morning clothes because this is very spiritual. Today is a day of mourning, um, as you will see later this afternoon. Just put the hat down, Curtis. We don't, you know, I grew up where we don't, do you want me to stomp on that? I will. So, um, shoo, I told you, I told you, I said, Look at that. You can have it back. You can have it back right now. Man, I just, I flat ruined that hat just right there. Just right there. Oh, man, it's a good day. Good day to be in the house of the Lord. Oh, man. Hey, I am, uh, I'm fresh off my prayer retreat. I've been praying for a week. And uh, so I just, you just picked the wrong Sunday to come. That's what I'm saying. You, because, because it's on leash today. I don't know where God's going to take us. And, um, I just, I'm, I'm so fired up of what God is, is doing in our congregation right now. Uh, if you've got a Bible, go to Exodus 14, Exodus chapter 14. If you don't have a copy of the scriptures, version is a great app. So is Bible Hub. I use both of those almost daily. And it's on version that you'll, you can find our, our daily reading plan. But Exodus is where we're going to be, chapter 14, so while you're looking that up, our, our, our word for the year is new beginnings. That, that has been a word that God has been percolating in our congregation for about six months now, and, and I believe this is that season. We've been talking about this idea that God wants to move you and move us collectively as a body from this Ezekiel 37 valley of dry bones, and he wants to breathe his spirit upon you and he wants to raise you up and he wants to bring you into some new beginnings. Encourage somebody around you. Tell them new beginnings are coming for you. New beginnings are coming for you. So that's our, our word for this year and this series that we're in right now is called New Beginnings. On Vision Day a few weeks ago we talked about these four principles 
that walk us into our new beginnings, walk us out of that valley that we all want out of, and how do we walk into those new beginnings? And we started by talking about how new beginnings begin with endings. Last week, uh, Pastor Blaine Bartell was here. He talked about new beginnings begin with God. Today, I want to talk to you about how new beginnings begin with God's people. Turn to somebody and say, that's you. That's, that's you. So new beginnings begin with God's people, which means you, you picked a good day to be in his house because new beginnings are not possible, at least the, at least the beginnings that God has for you. I'm not saying you can't have a new beginning. I'm just saying the ending ain't going to be what you want it to be without God. And you got to have God's people around you, and we're going to talk about that. So let's go. Exodus chapter 14. If you're new to the scriptures and maybe new to church, let me fill you in what's happening here. The, the nation of Israel has been in slavery for 400 years. God has miraculously set them free. Uh, ten plagues came upon Egypt, you may know about that story. Finally, Pharaoh cried, Uncle, said, I had enough. Y'all can go now. So Moses and about four million people packed up. They, they left all of that slavery behind. And they ended up at what most of you are very familiar with, the, this wall of water called the Red Sea. And, and then Pharaoh changes his mind. You know the story? Pharaoh changes his mind. If you don't know the story, I encourage you to go and read the whole text. But Pharaoh's barreling in on largest army at, at, on the earth at this point. This is a massive army coming against them. Their back is against the wall. Go to, go to verse uh, 10. Verse 10. Chapter 14. I'm going to read out of the New Living Translation. As Pharaoh approached, the people of Israel looked up and they panicked when they saw the Egyptians overtaking them. They, they cried out to the Lord and they said to Moses, Why'd you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? It's like your kids on vacation right there. Why, why, why? Weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? What have you done? Why did you make us leave Egypt? Didn't we tell you this would happen while we were still in Egypt? Does that sound like your spouse or what? Right there. I told you. I told you if we did this, this was what was going to happen. We said, leave us alone. Let us be slaves to the Egyptians. It's better to be a slave in Egypt than a corpse in the wilderness. Then Moses stands up. I think this is so, come on now. You got to put yourself in this context. Moses has led them out. I've heard from the Lord. And he walks them all out of this wilderness. And they're all like, you're a joke, man. You are a joke. We're going to kill you dead. And then we're going to go back and live in slavery. And this guy stands up and he says, don't be afraid. One man standing against four million people. Don't be afraid. Just stand and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today, you, you ain't ever going to see again. The Lord himself will fight for you. That somebody needs that word today. The Lord himself will fight. Are you tired? I talked about that Monday night uh, during our night of worship and prayer. Are you tired? Wore out? Man, God says... It's okay. Let me take up the sword. Let me fight for you. Just stay calm. Go down to verse 21. Moses raised his hand over the sea, and the Lord opened up a path through the water with a strong east wind. And the wind blew all that night, turned the seabed into a dry 
land. And the people of Israel walked through the middle of the sea on dry ground. The psalmist says they, that it was a pathway no one knew was there. There were walls of water on each side. Let's talk about new beginnings and how they begin with God's people. Father, thank you that your spirit is in this place today. Thank you, God, that you're going to speak today, that you're going to encourage us today. You're going to give us a new path to walk with God's people in Jesus' name. And everybody sit. All right, you can be seated. So last summer, I um, got this text, a group text, and it was from a neighbor across the street, and Laura and I included in this text. And my neighbor was, I, I was at the time texting, and she said in the text, um, hey, I've got the video of the guy who was on your porch last night. I'm out of town. I don't know nothing about no guy on our, some guy was on our front porch last night and you have the, whoa, whoa, what, what? And, and I, there's no phone call from Laura, there's no text from Laura, I, and I mean, I'm like, what has happened at my house? And so I, I frantically call Laura and I said, what's going on? And she goes, it's, we're okay, we're okay. She said, but you're not going to believe this, in the middle of the night, 2.30 in the morning, some guy in a truck plowed through our mailbox. Now, when I say plowed through our mailbox, we have a brick mailbox. And, and this neighbor, he's, he's a guy that lives around the corner from us. Uh, he, he said that he, uh, it was 2.30 in the morning, he said that he fell asleep, fell asleep uh, coming into the neighborhood. I'm like, okay, yeah, sure, you fell asleep. But he said he fell asleep and he was coming around the corner and he hit this mailbox with his truck at about 30 miles an hour blew it up, and obliterated it all over the yard. Now, I can see how unimpressed you are. I have the surveillance video. <laughs> I know some of you, you're all like, I heard him say he's got surveillance video. I want to see this video. You want to see it? Okay, so let me set this video up because uh, this is our neighbor across the street, his cameras, and it's shining on our house. You'll see our porch light, and right in front of the porch light is the mailbox. And the, the truck is going to enter from the right side of the screen. You'll see the headlights going to come across to the left. Watch this. Here is the surveillance video. Okay, that's our house, porch light. Here he comes. <laughs> oh! -ho! Ah! Yeah. Nice. Bet he's awake now. <laughs> I mean, brick everywhere, all over the yard. And so I'm driving home for my trip, and I'm thinking, man, what a mess that I am now going to have to clean up. And it's going to take me forever. And I pull in the neighborhood, and as I pull up to the house, I notice that... Um, there's no bricks in my yard. There's, there's nothing there. It's, it's all been cleaned up. And I'm like, what in the world? And so I talked to Laura, and she said, you're not going to believe this. The neighbors, the neighbors all came over, got out wheelbarrows. How great is this? They all came over on that Saturday morning, knew I wasn't there, and said, we want to help. Cleaned up the entire mess. So when I came home, this is what I found right here. <laughs> Ha, ha, ha. 
That, that's what was left right there. By the way, that's a little cute note to the mailman. Please, please deliver our mail, please. When you step out into your new beginning, can I tell you to expect the unexpected? Come on, turn to somebody and tell them, expect the unexpected. you gotta, you got to expect it. It's not going uh, to be all up and to the right, okay? Uh, it's not going to be all, you know, unicorns and puppy dogs and rainbows. It's not going to be all, it's, you're going to have obstacles, you're going to have setbacks, you're going to have failures, you're going to have unexpected things. Things are going to blow up in your face. That's just the truth of it. If nobody's going to tell you that, I'm going to tell you that. Because that's what's coming. And, and when, when that happens in your life, when the unexpected happens, you got to have the right people surrounding you. Like you got to have people that will help you to clean up. you got to have people that will, will support you, that will lift you up, that will encourage you, that will, will point you back to the light of Christ, that will show you the way of Jesus to help you to believe again in the promises of God. That's what you need. You've got to have God's people surrounding you. So in this story, the Israelites, they've, they're walking into their new beginning. I mean, they, if you don't know the story, I mean, they're leaving Israel and they're headed to what God has told them is a promised land, a land flowing with milk and honey, something that he had promised for hundreds of years for them. And now they're finally on their way and they are excited. If you read the story, they leave Egypt and I mean, they're leaving with silver, they're leaving with gold, they're taking food, they're taking provisions. It is like a party up in there and they are headed to their new beginning. And then suddenly, everything just blows up in their face. It doesn't go as they want. Their back is up against the Red Sea, and here comes Pharaoh's army. And we read this in verse 10. It says, as Pharaoh approached the people, it, I don't even like this. It should really just say, as Pharaoh was barreling down on them, the people of Israel, they looked up and they what? Say, they what? They panicked. It's the right reaction. They panicked when they saw the Egyptians overtaking them. Pan panic is a natural response. Panic is what all of us would do. Nobody here would be like, I wouldn't be panicking. I'd be standing with the faith of Jesus. No, you wouldn't. You would be wetting yourself, and you would be panicked. You would be freaking out. They panic is a natural response. This is the most powerful army on the face of the planet, and they're coming up against them, and they have nowhere to go. To panic is to be human. It's okay. It's okay if you are experiencing worry or stress or, or fear. It, it, it overwhelms the best of us at times. Laura and I, coming into 2023, part of our, one of our new beginnings was we, we wanted to get our place into a, a place of financial freedom. 
We, we, uh, we've always been on a budget. We've always been really good with our money. But this year, I was like, this year, I, I really want to just, I want to I look at investing and, and building up our, our nest egg and, and savings and, and eliminating some of this debt over here and really, really laser focused on it. And we were excited and we actually went to a financial seminar. So we're going to go to this financial seminar and we're, we're just going to kind of hone our skills a little bit. And we went to the seminar and, and I mean, we got excited at this. I don't know if you've ever been to a financial seminar. I am not, I'm not a math guy. I'm not into numbers, so I don't geek out on that. But I was excited about what they were talking about. I was excited about the opportunity. Like, there was like, if you tweak this, if you do a little bit of this, I was like, oh, my goodness. We, the, the future was look. I mean, it, I was like, wow, this is going to be good, better than I expected. And we tweaked our budget a little bit. We looked at how we could build a little money here, invest, and build up our savings, and give a little bit towards our children, and even vacation. I'm like, wow, we could go on a vacation. We could go on a good vacation. Wow. And then we went home. And I'm not making this up. This is literally what happened. I'm sitting down, and I'm kind of reviewing the budget, and I'm like, God, you are so good. Lord, look at that. You are just, you just, you just painted a way, showed a way for us. You are faithful. And then Laura walks in the room, and she said, hey, uh, um, and you know when your wife or your spouse goes, hey, um, you, it's never good. The next word out is not good. So, so I said, what? Uh, I, I forgot something that we forgot to put in that budget. I'm like, forgot what you forget to put in the budget? She said, um, I, got to, I got to get my hair done. I'm like, oh, get your hair done, no problem. All right, how much is that? <laughs> Stephanie, what are you doing to these ladies? Hey, what are you ladies doing to your hair that it could possibly cost that much money? I'm like, wow, that's more than my student loan. That's, uh. <laughs> and then I, I, I said, you know, uh, I go to Indian Springs Barbershop. Uh, Witt and Dick Hanna, who attend Core Church. I'm like, 16 bucks, honey. They'll do your hair for 16 bucks. She just stood there, looked at me. All right, I'm putting it, I'm putting it in, baby. I'm putting it in. That's right. I don't need a savings. I will good. And, and truthfully, though, and then I, I caught a couple of other little things, and then, and then suddenly this voice started coming into my head. Financial freedom? <laughs> Who do you think you are? You ain't gonna get there. You ain't get, you, you, you can build up a nest egg, build up your, your you know, blah blah blah. You get you ain't gonna be able to do all. Who do you think you are? And suddenly this excitement and this joy that I had was suddenly just like, I, instead of feeling financially free, I started feeling financially trapped. I mean, it, maybe for you it's not finances. Maybe for you it's, it's like a relationship. Like you, you're like, man, I, I've been, my new beginning, I was praying for God that he was going to restore my marriage, that the good things were going to happen in my life. And, and finally we were going we to come together after years of just not being cohesive and Man, we're not even a month into the year, and it's just train wrecking on me. Where's my new beginning? 
Or maybe you're like, I, I want to step out and I wanted to have a new relationship. And so I, I heard Pastor Blaine talking about getting on a dating site. And he did it and he was successful. And so I thought maybe that's what I would do. And I put my profile out. I've been up there for a week and nobody's hit it. Or, or maybe it's like you, maybe maybe it's about your future and you got a dream. Maybe it's about you're you're in school and you're like, I'm gonna I'm gonna take these classes and I'm gonna go after this because this is what I want in my life. And then you get in that class and you're like, what was I thinking? I have no idea what they're talking about. What what why am I and I've got wow, I've got a whole semester of this. Maybe it's your career. Maybe it's you, you, you're hoping for that promotion or maybe you stepped out to try to find something new. I, I don't know what your new beginning is. It's a dream. It's something you have for you. But, but we all come up against these obstacles. And, and when, you, when you are surrounded, it is important who you surround yourself with. you got to surround yourself with God's people. you got to surround yourself with people who will point you back to Jesus. I will say, that right there, there's the light of Christ. That's the way you need to go. That's what you need. You need people that will point you back to the promise that you know God has given to you. People who will point you to the word of God and say, this is, listen, I know what the bank is saying. I, I know what the internet is saying. I know what your boss is saying. I know what your doctor is saying. But let me tell you what the word of God says. Do you have somebody like that in your life? I don't care how long you've been walking with Jesus, you got to have people like that. I mean, I've been walking with Jesus for, man, almost four decades now. And I can't tell you how many times even a brand new believer will come along and just say the right words and just encourage this pastor. And help me to remember, man, if they can believe, why can't I believe? We need God's people. New beginnings begin with God's people. So Israel, they, they wanted to give up, wanted to quit, but Moses, Moses encouraged them to trust the promise. Look what it says in, in verse 10. It says this, they, this is the people, they cried out to the Lord. Doesn't that sound beautiful? And they cried out to the Lord. This is not a prayer. This is a protest. This is not, they're, they're protesting, against, they're complaining against God. I'd like for you to write this down. New beginnings. New beginnings begin with people who choose prayer over protest. New beginnings begin with people who choose prayer over protest. I, I think we've all been in a core group. And I, what I love about our core groups is, man, it is, a, it is a place of prayer. Man, if you need people to pray for you, that is like the focal point of, of core groups. That's what every core group looks forward to is that moment when we can pray and encourage one another. But haven't we all been in, in that group where everybody's going around and they're giving their prayer requests like, oh, man, that's beautiful. Yeah, we want to pray about that. Oh, yeah, we want to be praying about that. And then it just stops right over here with this person over here. And instead of a prayer request, it's a protest. You know what I'm talking about where they just kind of, they, they just start going on a, on a rant you're like, wait a minute, this is a protest disguised as a prayer request. And they're just, okay, I mean, y'all looking at me like, not in our group. No, no one in our group's ever like that. But you know, by the way, if you've never heard that, you don't know that, you are that person. 
but, but we, we can get on this rant, and, like, and they're just going on, and you're like giving them body signals, like, we need to pray, doing something, and they're just like, oh, and then, and then this, and then this was happening, and I told you about this, and this, and then instead of lifting it up to God, it's just a rant, and it just goes on and on. And can, can I tell you that <laughs> I get it? Because so often, protest is my default. I mean, I, I, I'm, I am great at protest. I mean, I get the markers out. I'm making the signs. I make the protest sign. I'm marching with it and tell, tell you about what's happening in my life. Laura will vouch for this. I mean, I'll just come home, and I just get to, I just get to protesting. I just get to whining. That's another good word for it, okay? I get to venting. Ranting, pick your word. This is happening, and I can't believe about this and this. And she's just looking at me, just patient, just sweet. She's so kind, she's so compassionate. Her hair looks amazing. <laughs> and, and, and so I, I get a little bit into my rant, and, I, and I've shared this. Some of y'all know this. Is she'll just do this? She put out her hand. And when she puts out her hand, what that means is we need to go to prayer. But when she puts out her hand, I go, oh, uh uh-uh. No, no, siree. We ain't going there yet. I got a few more things I need to get off my mind about this. And she just stands there, her hand out. Because I know the moment I, I grab her hand, every time I grab her hand, I know we are, we are, we are about to go to the throne. We're about to go to the throne of grace, the place of, of mercy, and, and we, are, we are about to do this together, and I, and I know that my protest is going to turn into a prayer. It's going to turn into praise because I'm going to believe in the promise once again. Here's, here's, what, here's what happens with protest. Here's why you want to stay with protest, because um, when you protest, you can stay in the flesh, and you can hold on to it. And listen, come on, it just feels good sometimes. I just want to cradle it. I want to rock it. I want to name it. You're so cute, you little thing, you. My little problem. You're amazing. This is what you want to do. But, but that's what protest, I'm going to hold on to it. But, but, but prayer, is, prayer is moving into the Spirit. It's inviting the Spirit in. It's even at times allowing the Holy Spirit to pray for you or pray with you so that you can get to the throne room in a place in which you can release it. You need God's people for that. Listen to what it says Moses said here in verse 14. Moses said this, what, the, the what? The, the Lord himself will fight for you. The Lord himself is going to fight. Moses was turning their focus from the problem to the promise. It is just easy to gather a group of protesters. You want to protest something? It's not that hard to find people that want to protest something. You know what I love about Core Church? This, at Core Church, we are more focused on prayer than we are on protesting. We're more focused on interceding. We're more focused in lifting people to the throne room. We're more focused on helping people see the promise and the hope of God. And prayer is a place that you can find that with one another. And, and by the way, if you're new to our gathering, the, one of the things I want to warn you about is don't when you unload on somebody and you say, hey, here's what I'm dealing with. Here's what I'm struggling with. Get ready because what we don't say around here is, hey, I'm going to be praying for you. 
We don't say that around here because when you say, hey, I'm going to be praying for you, most of the time, don't we forget? Oh, I forgot. Next time you see it, they go, thank you so much for praying for me. And you're like, I didn't pray for them. Oh, man, that's bad. No, what we do is we don't say, I'll be praying for you. We stop in that moment and we pray for one another. That's who we are. I've seen it in the parking lot. I've seen it on the sidewalk. I've seen it in homes. I've seen it in the lobby. I've seen it in the coffee line. I've seen it in the kids' ministry. I've seen it here in the auditorium. I've seen it on this stage. I've seen it all over this church that people just stop right in the moment, wherever they are. you all seen it, right? I mean, it's amazing to see it. You're like right there in the middle of people laughing and talking. There's somebody's got their arm on somebody, and their heads are bowed, and they are interceding and going to the Father. And sometimes you just want to walk by that get some of that on you, don't you? I just, whatever they got, I want some of that. Because new beginnings begin with God's people. Look at verse 11. Look what they said to Moses here. Why why'd you bring us out here to what? Say it with me, what? Die in the wilderness. Bring us out here to die in the wilderness. Weren't, weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? Write this down. New beginnings. New beginnings begin with people who speak life over death. New beginnings begin with people who speak life over death. Our world is so cynical, so jaded. It is so negative. It's hard to go to work. It's hard to go on your campus. It's hard to walk out your front door. You don't want to turn on the radio or the TV because it's just going to hit you in the face. This is what people are bombarded with every single day. And can I tell you, as the people of God, we are people of life, not death. We are people of light, not darkness. Like we... Hope, healing, peace, and purpose is not just a slogan in this church. It's what we take and give to this world. It's the greatest gift you have to give to someone. We, we, are, we are charged with this as the people of God. Like we, when we step into a situation and it's cynical and it's negative and it's polarizing, as a follower of Jesus, you have a responsibility right in that moment to not join in that party. Your job also is not to step into that and go, well, thus saith the Lord. Or to come against it and say, well, let me tell you what the truth is. No, you just step into that situation and point people back to life. Point people that there is hope. No matter what we see, no matter what's happening around us, no matter what the economy is like, no matter what is happening in your home, there is still life and hope as long as there is a resurrection and a man named Jesus. That is good preaching right there. Even if you're not shouting me down, Chris, that is good preaching right there. Look what uh, Moses says. Man, Moses is just, he's just crazy. He hears this, he said, well, watch the Lord. Watch the Lord what? Rescue you. <laughs> I mean, are you thinking, come on. <laughs> that is a, that is a, he's either a complete nut job or he's really hearing from God. A wall of water. Massive army coming up against you, and he's like, yeah, you know, just watch the Lord rescue you today. This is, this is what, because he was a man of 
faith. Encourage somebody next to you and say, the rescue's coming. The rescue, man, the rescue's coming. I know, it does, I, know, I know it doesn't feel like it. I know it seems so far away. This is why you need God's people. It can help you to hold on. To believe that a rescue is party. A party is in. A rescue is possible. You're no different than the Israelites. You know, it's funny. We'll skip ahead here a little bit. They did all this whining and complaining, and God still rescued them. That's some pretty good news, isn't it? <laughs> that's, uh, that's good news to me. I mean, uh, chief protester here, and I'm just glad, even in my whining and ranting and disbelief, God's like, I'm still going to rescue you, Brad. I'm still, my, my plans, my purposes are still going to prevail in your life. I know, I know right now, Brad, you don't see it. And you don't, you're just struggling to believe it. I'm still going to make it happen. That's good news. Even if you don't believe today, God says, I still believe. You can't strip faith and belief away from the one who is going to rescue you. Uh, a couple of months ago, I was outside and I was taking the trash to the curb and, and the kids in the neighborhood were all playing and I just love the sound of kids as they're playing. But, but I, then I heard a distant sound of crying. One of the kids was crying. I was like, oh, something's wrong. And, and I look up and it's one of the neighbor girls, a real little girl. Her name's Catherine. And, and she's sitting down in the middle of the street and she's, she's crying. But when I see her crying, I realize she's not really hurt. She's more pouting. You know, talk, you know, you know like this is more of a pout. So I'm like, Stand there, and I yell out at her. She's probably, I don't know, about 50 yards away from me. Hey, Catherine, you need, get up, girl. Hey, come on, get out of the street. It's not safe for you to be in the street, sweetheart. And she's like, hey, now, I can't even understand her. It's totally, in, you know, anybody got a toddler? Anybody? Anybody? I have no idea what you're saying. Okay, you're speaking in tongues. I don't know if the Spirit's speaking through you right now. I don't know what's happening. And so she's, I'm like, no, Catherine, sweetie, sweetie. You ever do that one? Like, you're like, I, I, I'm going to wring somebody's neck right now. But I'm going to do it like this. I'm going to wring their neck like this. That's right. I'm so, I'm going to, sweetie, you need to get up. She's not getting up. And then about 100 yards away, coming around the corner, a car turns and, and is coming at that moment. And when this car is coming, I just looked at her and I was like, well, serves you right. I didn't know. No, I did not do that. I bolted out into the street. And I, I helped pick her up. And I said, sweetheart, it's going to be okay. But we got to get out of the street right now. This is, this is who we are at Core Church. And this is especially what I believe who we are in our core groups for one another. We're a rescue party. Or a rescue party, like when, when you see somebody who's hurting, when you see somebody who, who is wounded, when you see someone who is just can't make sense of, of life, that you scoop down, you reach down, and you pick them up, and you lift them out. I love right now that, I, I, let me just tell you how tangible this is. Right now, we're going through core purpose. And by the way, on my prayer retreat, God just was like laser focused on core purpose. This is so critical in our church. If we are going to reach our city, every member of our church has got to go through core purpose and discover how God's wired you.
And if you've not been through it, you got to get through it because this is the key to us reaching our city because God wants to unlock in you everything that he's put in you. He wants to show you a path, make a way. He wants to show you what's in you, and he wants to get it out of you. And we do it specifically in our groups because if you do it by yourself, you won't believe. Because, like, we've just gone through gifts and, and we've gone through abilities. These are two of the hardest ones. Because so many people go through the gifts assessment and they look at that and they go, yeah, I, I, there's no way I, I don't have that gift. That's, that's, that's for um, missionaries. That's for, um, that's for really holy people. I, don't, I, could, I must have done something wrong on the test. I, that's not who I Or they go through the abilities and they go, I, I don't know, I looked and I don't really, I don't really have any. I really, I mean, I and the enemy just comes in like a flood. And listen, here's what I love about our core groups. You can leave somebody just laying in the streets, not believing in themselves. And here comes the enemy like a truck ready to blow them up. Stop them right at the brink of their destiny. Right at the brink of their breakthrough and something powerful happening in their lives. And what I love about our groups is our groups do this all the time. They sweep in and they say, are you kidding me? I see that in you. New beginnings. They begin with God's people. Let's go to verse 11. <laughs> Here's the Israelites again. What have you done to us? Why, why did you make us leave Egypt? Now, to get a proper perspective on this, uh, Pharaoh coming down on the nation of Israel, this is like Russia invading Ukraine. Do you remember the early days of that battle? When that, you heard about that, you're like, man, this is just going to be obliteration. This is going to be annihilation. But I, what's funny is when I read this story, is like, like Russia, Pharaoh had, had no idea, no idea what was coming. Write this down. New beginnings... New beginnings begin with people who are advancing over retreating. New beginnings begin with people who are advancing over retreating. Most of you know that I, I coach boys basketball with um, Pastor Eric. If you don't know Pastor Eric, he's the guy who was, had the red guitar, was singing today, and uh, coach his son this year, coaching uh, 9 and 10-year-olds this year. Nine and ten-year-old boys. Woo! It's a joy, joy of my life. I just, I couldn't, it's crazy, man. I, nine and ten, it's amazing, it's an amazing year. And we actually, it's, I just love coaching. I mean, I don't even have a kid on the court. I just love coaching. Um, but you want to talk about uh, advancing versus retreating. Well, there's a lot of retreating that's uh, going on with these Nine and ten-year-olds, because so many of them, it's, it's their first time to ever play the game. And if you've never seen nine and ten-year-olds play basketball, just, just imagine this. Go to the animal shelter tomorrow, pick up five cats, and drop them in your living room. Yeah, that's pretty much what it's like. They just do what they want, want to do. And, and so at one point, I turned to the guys that are on the bench, and I said, okay, hey, because they're so lost. They're so lost. They, they don't know which end to go to, what to do. And I said, listen, here's what I need you to do. Just, just watch the guy on the court that's playing your position, okay? There's a guy out there. He's playing where you're going to play. Just watch him, okay? And then I turn around 
And I think, this is the worst coaching advice I've ever given. These kids have no idea because they're, I'm not kidding you, they're, they're out there and they're not advancing. Like you, the, the idea of basketball is advance to the ball. But as soon as somebody from the other team stands in front of them, they're like, oh, oh, I don't know what to do, I don't know what to do. Are you, who are you surrounding yourself with? Are you surrounding yourself with people of faith? Are you surrounding yourself with people of faith or people of fear? Are you surrounding yourself with, with people who trust in God, who have courage? Are you trusting with people who you have seen advance through adversity? The, one of the best things you can do is share your story. Here's what I've been through. Here's where God took me. Here's where I am today. Because you know what happens when you do that? You become Moses to that person. And they're like, oh, okay, well, if they can get there, I can get there. If they didn't retreat, I'm not going to retreat. And they begin to trust God. It's like what Moses said in verse 13. He said this, just stand still. That's like me at the game with the boys. Just stand still. Just there. Don't move. He said, just stay calm. That's Pastor Eric turning to me and going, hey, Coach Brad, just stay calm. Just, just stay calm, buddy. You've got to surround yourself with people who are advancing, people, people who know the truth of God's word. You've got to surround yourself with people who are people of the word. And I would tell you this as a follower of Jesus, if, you, if you're not in the word, get in the word and become that person. If you don't have hope, become that person. Stand with somebody. Come on, new beginnings begin with God's people. Verse 12. Again, man, it just doesn't stop. The, the ranting continues. Leave us alone. Let us be what? Slaves to the Egyptians. What? God has just set you free. And you want to go, you want to go back to the very thing that you prayed to, to get out of? What, what you, you have to understand is the Israelites actually literally have what's called a, a slave mentality. It's a, it's a psychological thing. You can have this slave mentality. You, in other words, you don't know how to live free. And, and so what happens is you, you, you're free, but you still live shackled. Write this down. New beginnings, new beginnings begin with people who fight for freedom over bondage. New beginnings begin with people who fight for freedom over bondage bondage. Listen to the words of Moses in verse 13. He says, these Egyptians that you see today, you're never going to see them again. What does Moses see? He sees freedom. He sees the promise of God, even though the sea has not been parted yet. He's speaking these words, and it hasn't been fulfilled yet, but he sees it in his mind. He believes it in his mind, and he's reminding them that they are people who are free. They are free from their bondage, and not only are they free, but God would keep them free. That's what you got to believe for yourself. You are free. Come on, turn to somebody, tell them you are free. You are free. Okay? And here's the thing. God wants to keep you free. Keep walking in that freedom. So Moses said these words, and Paul, the apostle, he wrote this letter to the Galatians, and he said this, Christ has truly set us free. Say this next part with me. 
Now make sure that you stay free. Make sure you stay free. We got to keep reminding each other that we are free. You are free from the shackles of fear. You are free from doubt. You are free from your shame and condemnation of the past. You are free from your failures. You are free from your loneliness. You are free from your regrets. You are free from your limitations. You are free to embrace everything that Jesus has for you. You are free. God has moved you from a valley of dry bones into new beginnings. This is the mindset you have to, you don't keep yourself here in the valley. So many, just keep yourself, you know, so many people, they live free in the valley of dry bones. God says, move, move. I breathe my spirit on you. Move out of that valley. Move into the new beginnings that I have for you. Verse 22, so the people of Israel walked through the middle of the sea on dry ground. With, say it with me, walls of water on each side. Kind of a big deal. I know we read this and we're like, "Woo, we're marching to Zion. Beautiful, beautiful Zion. But, I mean, come on. That's an, old, that's an old hymn. I sang that when I was like seven. Sorry. Some of y'all are like, I don't even know. Where did he go? What happened? What happened in this service? I mean, they got walls of water on every side of them. Who goes first? <laughs> Can you imagine? Who goes? Because Moses ain't going first. Moses got his hands raised up. Moses, <laughs> I did my part. Tommy, Tommy go. Tommy will eat anything, he'll do anything. Tommy go. So Tommy's like, okay, I'll try it. Steps out, they're all watching Tommy. Go a little further, Tommy, a little further, man. All right. No, they, they went together, didn't they? they? They did this together with great fear and great trembling. To think that they walked through that, that wall of water just like full of faith, and man, we got this. Come on, live in reality. If the ocean parted and you were walking through the middle of it, I don't care where you are in the middle of that, you're alone. God, please keep these walls of water from crashing in. Please keep them from crashing in. Please, Jesus, please, Jesus. Because that's how, right? That's how new beginnings work. You step into your new beginning. Joshua stepped into the new beginning in the promised land. But you know what? It didn't come without a battle. 31 battles into the promised land. You're going to have walls all around you wondering, is this going to crash in on me at any time? That's why you need the people of God. you got to lock arms with the people of God. New beginnings begin with God's people. Would you just bow your heads and let's, let's go to the Father and let's, let's talk to him about this for a moment. One of our core practices is continual surrender. What is it that God is speaking to you right now in this moment? Where, where are you living? What, what, what fear has overcome you? Is it, is it protest? Is it death? Is it, have you been retreating? Maybe today it's, it's about bondage. Maybe you're living in spiritual bondage. I want to tell you today that Jesus came to set you free. 
Like today is a day you can fully surrender to him. Today is a day, if you've never given your life to Jesus, today is a day that he says, you know what? You cry out to me, you call out to me, my mercy is gonna come upon you. I wanna forgive your sin. I wanna give you a new life. I want you to leave guilt, condemnation, and shame behind, and I wanna walk you into a new life. I wanna give you freedom today, and all you have to do is ask. You don't have to do anything other than ask. Jesus has already done all of the work on the cross. Maybe you're a follower of Jesus and there's something God's working on you right now. You need to surrender this to me. This is the thing. I mean, maybe look down at your notes and you, you, you know where, but you don't even have to look at your notes. You, this is it. This is the thing that God is asking me to surrender. Right now, surrender that to him. Okay, God. I've really, I've been going down the wrong path and I, I need to turn around now and I need your people. Today, God wants to bring his hope to you. He wants to renew your hope. He wants to heal your soul. Some of you have a deep wound. Some of you have sin that you've been carrying. He says, I want to heal your soul today. Peace. I mean, any peace today. He says, my peace, I, I give to you. I talked about purpose, and maybe I hit a home run on that for you. You're just like, man, that's me. I don't feel like I have anything to offer. But Jesus says, you know what? Today, my purposes and plans, I want to give those to you. I want to give you confidence and faith that what you dream, I want to make a reality. Father, thank you. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your spirit that is in this place today and the work you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, turn and encourage somebody. Tell them you are, you are forgiven and you are free. You are, you are forgiven and you are free. We're going to move into a time of the sacraments, but before we do, I want to encourage you to grab a next step card and let us know um, how we can support you. Maybe you made a commitment to follow Jesus and you've never been baptized. We would love to baptize you. Was that not some great baptism? That was some great baptisms today. Was that not? It was amazing. Man. When you see a dad baptizing uh, a son, it, it's, it's pretty overwhelming. Jamie, that was, that was pretty awesome, man. I got to baptize a couple of my kids. It's, it's pretty powerful. But we would love to celebrate baptism with you. Maybe your step is to get into a core group. We would love to help you find that. Fill out that next step card. Or maybe you got a prayer request. How can we be praying for you? Uh, write that down. Let us know. Maybe God's answer to prayer. Would you let us know about an answer to prayer? Let us know about that as well. Would you stand if you're able? So this is the focal point of everything we do as a church. This is why we come. Everything moves to this moment where we focus on Jesus. I want to invite our prayer team to come. Our prayer team is going to be here across the front if you're new to our gathering. I'll explain how we're going to take the sacraments here in just a moment. But when you come, our prayer team is going to be here at the front. They're available to pray with anybody. You don't have to be a member here. You don't have to have gone through a class. If you need prayer today, we want to pray with you. And these men and women would love to join with you, whatever it is that you're dealing with. If you filled out a next step card or a prayer request card, please bring that to a member of our prayer team. You just step beyond the communion tables and come to a member of our prayer team. So if you're new to our gathering, 
This moment is where we stop and we are going to focus right now on Jesus, the one who truly sets us free. The bread that we're going to take, it represents his body, lived, died, resurrected again on the third day. That's why we have hope. The cup, it's his blood. You can leave shame, guilt, and condemnation behind. Because Jesus already took care of that for you. And he says, man, through me you can be free. So when you come to the table, I want you to come and receive whatever it is that you need to receive. You're going to exit the rows to your right. You'll take the sacraments, take the bread, dip it into the cup, then return to your seats, and we're going to sing together. We're going to worship together before we leave. When you're ready, you can come. Let's come now, receive whatever it is you need. We hope the message you heard both encourages you and inspires you. Yeah, we'd love for you all to come and see us at Core Church at 10 a.m. any Sunday. And if we can support you in any way or you'd like to get connected with us, there are links in the description below. Thanks again for joining us online.